you're able to stand with us this morning, Exodus chapter 20. And I want to thank you for giving in the special offering this morning. And then thank you for also for uh, giving your tithes to the Lord. Uh, we give that at the welcome desk on our way in or way out. Or, you, of course, you can give it online, whichever is easier. But we thank you for being faithful uh, to give and faithful for being in the house of God. Amen. It's important uh, to be faithful to church. Can I get a witness on that? And uh, you're going to hear me say more and more about that in days to come. Amen. Because uh, as we try to move forward, we've got to be faithful. Amen. Uh, if you get sick uh, with COVID, obviously don't come, but our motto is this, when you get better, get back. Amen. Isn't that right? Uh, we still need church in these last days. Exodus chapter 20, and we begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name, God, that you would help us today. God, we're needy people. And Lord, we didn't come to see each other. Lord, we came to see you. More importantly, we came to hear from you this morning. And I pray that you will take the Word of God and speak to us and speak through us. God, help us to uh, say what you have placed upon our hearts. And may we be willing and obedient to follow your will and your command. I pray now that you move as only you can. And we'll love you and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I preached last Sunday out of Deuteronomy chapter number 6, Sunday morning and Sunday night on the home. And uh, be honest with you, didn't think anything else about that Sunday night as far as uh, the way the Lord might direct my heart. But I'll tell you, Monday morning, early Monday morning, about 5 o'clock, God spoke to my heart uh, concerning Exodus chapter number 20 and the Ten Commandments. And I want to say this morning that if uh, we are going to move forward any church, if we're going to move forward as a church, uh, I don't think it starts in the church house, but it does start in the home. Isn't that right? And so by the grace of God, I, will, I began to work yes, uh, Monday morning on a thought that the Lord laid upon my heart, and God began to deal with me uh, concerning these Ten Commandments and the home. And when you think about these commandments, when I think about uh, the commandments, and I think about the home, and I think about the family, uh, they all come together for this reason, when God gave them to Moses, and Moses gave it to the people, and then in Deuteronomy 6, when God reminded the people, He reminded them to teach these commandments where? Not at the school, as we said last Sunday, not down at the uh, necessarily the courthouse. Those are great places for uh, the commandments to be taught, but they weren't given to the public school system. They weren't given to the courthouse. Uh, they were given to be taught in the homes of the people of God. Amen? And certainly those commandments are still real today. Uh, these are not ten suggestions, but they are ten commandments. Amen? And the ten commandments are not obsolete. They are absolute in all of our life, uh, uh, they are important and they should be more than just commandments, but they ought to be ten commitments that we make uh, that we honor God within our homes and in the lives uh, of our children. And when we think about that this morning, uh, we consider them to be foundational. Amen. In other words, uh, uh, God gave these commandments for this particular reason. 
If his people will listen to them, if they will obey them, then God has gave them so that they would be able to live a blessed life, uh, so that they could have a happy life, uh, so they could have a life that would be free from the destruction of this world. Amen? And can I tell you, those same commandments that was given to the children of Israel, you say, Brother Gradley, we're not living under the law. And I understand that. But those same commandments that was given to the children of Israel, they're principles for you and I as Christians today, that if we'll honor them and live by them, God will do the same in our home that He said that He would in their home. He'll bless us, uh, and He will be good to us, uh, and it will save us from a life of destruction. Amen? And I want you to notice this morning, as we come to this text here, that these Ten Commandments, they teach us uh, uh, how this morning to, to worship. They teach us who to worship. They teach us how to live, and they teach us how not to live. Amen? And this first commandment in verse number 3, I want you to look at it because I want to preach these Ten Commandments in relation to the home. We certainly need that today, don't we? And I want you to notice the Bible said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I want to preach this morning on this subject, on God's rightful place in the home. God's rightful place in the home. You see, the first commandment that they were to teach their children around the table and sitting there in their homes is that there is to be no other God before them. That's establishing uh, God's rightful place uh, in the home. When you think about these Ten Commandments this morning, uh, the first five of these commandments are in relation, or first four are in relation to God. And we'll see that. The last six are in relation to man. You see, but the first has to do with no other gods before this God. If you're going to get the other nine right, you've got to get the first one right. Isn't that right this morning? Uh, and God is simply saying this in this verse. Uh, he's establishing His rightful place in the home. Just because we go to church and carry a King James Bible does not mean that God has His rightful place in our home. Notice in verse number 3 what He is saying here. God is telling us in this verse here that He wants full place. Uh, he said no other gods. Amen. Look at that phrase. No other uh, gods. Uh, God is saying uh, in your home, uh, he said my place uh, is that I want full place uh, in your life and in your home. Uh, you see that phrase, no other gods. Uh, it means that we're to have no other object of worship. Amen. In our home. That nothing else uh, is to have supremacy or authority in our life or in our home. God God wants full place. Can I get a witness on that? Uh, uh, God wants full place in our hearts. Uh, he wants full place in our home. He wants to be supreme. Uh, he wants to have authority in the home. Amen. He wants full place. And then notice God says here in this verse that not only do I want full place, but He said I want first place. Look what He said. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God said I not only want full place, but I want first place. And by the way, if God gets full place, He'll have first place. Can I get a witness right there? 
That word before means to be in opposition of. God said, thou shalt have no other gods in opposition of me or before me. Uh, God said, listen, I want full place, but God said, I want to be number one in the home. Amen. I want to have first place. Uh, I want to be second to none. Can I get a witness on that this morning? Uh, You see, that phrase simply means that in opposite of. Uh, And think about that this morning. Uh, uh, God is simply saying, you can't have a Bible in your home. Uh, and it have first place uh, and have pornography in your home. Amen. Uh, they're in opposite of each other. Can I get a witness there? Uh, listen, you can't have a Bible in your home uh, and it having first place in your home uh, and have some romance novel in your home. Uh, uh, listen, those are in opposite of each other. You can't have gospel music in the home uh, and then have uh, rock music or country music in the home. Uh, uh, listen, a house that is divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, God said, I want first place. Amen. He said, well, preacher, I I play uh, gospel music on Sunday, and then I play country music on Monday. That's not going to work. Can I get a witness right there? He said, well, I have a tower that has gospel music and CDs in it. And then I've got a tower that has a, a, a country a music or, or, or rock music. Uh, uh, he's, uh, you say, uh, preacher, what am I supposed to do? God wants first place. Amen. That doesn't mean, uh, uh, listen, that doesn't mean put that tower in front of the other tower. What that means is take that other tower in the backyard and pour some diesel over it. Amen. And strike a match uh, and send it back to hell where it came from. Somebody say, man right there. I'm just simply telling you, uh, you say, well, I don't like that. I can't help it. It's in the Word of God. Uh, God said, I'm not going to say a play second fiddle to anything else. Uh, You can't have music that honors God and worships God and then have music that talks about drinking and adultery and promotes all kinds of different uh, sins. Uh, uh, Listen, whether it be God said, I want first place in the home means full place. It means first place. And then in this verse, what does it mean for God to have a rightful place in your home? God said, I want final place. Look what he said in the first part of that verse. Thou shalt have no. Then thou shalt. You know what they are? They're final. When God said thou shalt not kill, that's final. Is that right? When God said thou shalt not commit adultery, that's final. Amen. When God said, uh, listen, thou shalt have no graven images, uh, listen, that's final. And when God said, thou shalt have no other gods uh, before me, that's final. That means it's not open for debate. Uh, That means it's not open for discussion. Amen. There's no exceptions. Uh, God says, I want to be crystal clear about this. My rightful place in your home uh, is that I have full place, uh, that I have first place, uh, and that I have the final place. Uh, That means that, listen, when you burn the tithe, when you throw the magazines out, uh, when you get rid of whatever it is, uh, and you establish Bible and prayer in your home, uh, that is to be final. That means it's to never change. Uh, you're to never go back on that. Uh, you're to be devoted. There's to be an allegiance. Uh, you're to be loyal to it all the days of your life. That means when family changes, it's final. That means when friends go another way, it's final. That means when the preacher compromises and changes and starts, it's still final. 
You see, this morning, there are things that we have to establish in our hearts and then establish in our home that it can never, ever, never, ever be a debatable issue again in our life. We have to have settled it once and for all. Can I get a witness there? Doesn't matter how many people does it. Doesn't matter how many people goes that way. Somewhere uh, you have better drawn some lines in the sand. You better have laid some things on the altar. You have better made a full and a first and a final commitment to this God that we sing about and this God that we preach about. You better have said there is never going to be anyone or anything that's going to take His place. Uh, listen, you have to do that because somewhere along the way others will change. Uh, you will be tested. You will be tried. Uh, but if it is closed book, uh, if it is a final decision, you never have to worry about it, friend. Is that right? And God is establishing in this verse right here His rightful place. Now why does God deserve a right this place in our home? When I read this the other day, I thought the question came to my mind. Why does God deserve to have full place? Why does God deserve to have that first place, that final place? Maybe there's somebody here this morning saying, Preacher, I can already tell you that's a little too narrow for me. Why would God, why does God deserve to have all of my attention, all of my allegiance? Why does God deserve to have supreme authority in my home? Why does God demand such things? I want to show you three things in this text this morning as to why God deserves this rightful place. You say, well, preacher, why is it? Look at verse number one. I want to say, first of all, God deserves to have this rightful place in our home because He is the God who speaks. The Bible says, and God spake all these words, saying, what I want you to notice in that verse about God speaking is that it's complete. God spake all these words. These commandments were not given by Moses. They were given by God. Moses is just the messenger. I want to tell you when the man of God preaches out of that book, he's not the one giving the command. Don't get mad at the preacher. He's just the errand boy. He's just the one bringing the bread. He's just the water boy. He's just the one delivering the message. Uh, no, listen, this is God's word this morning. And I want to say I'm glad God's, God's word is complete. Amen. You don't need to add anything to it. You don't need to take anything away from it. I'm telling you, it's complete this morning. I'm glad we got a complete copy of the word of God and God God demands a response, uh, uh, listen, first place and a rightful place in our home because He's the God who speaks this morning. It's clear, isn't it, what He says in verse 1 and verse number 2. It's commandments this morning. You see, ta God taught Israel how to live a blessed life in these commandments. He taught them. He spoke to them. He spoke to Noah in Genesis chapter number 6. Uh, he spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter number 10. He spoke to Isaac. Uh, he spoke to Jacob. Isn't that right this morning? He spoke to David. Uh, he spoke to Jeremiah. God spoke to Jonah. And God spoke to Nehemiah. And God spoke to Esther. And God spoke to Ruth. And I want to tell you, God, He spoke to Zechariah and He spoke to Haggai. He spoke to the prophets of old. He spoke, my friend, to the apostles, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He spoke to the apostle Peter and God spoke to the apostle John and He spoke to the apostle Paul and He spoke to men of yesterday, men like D.L. Moody and God spoke to him and God spoke to Spurgeon and God spoke to Mueller and God spoke to Billy Sunday. And guess what? God still 
still speaking. Amen. God speaks to me and God speaks to you. And because God is still speaking to us, He deserves to have rightful place in our home. Amen. When you think about that this morning, God speaks to those who will listen. Those who will seek Him. Those, my friend, uh, who will obey Him. God will speak. God, my friend, can be heard when we open our Bible and open our hearts. I, I'm glad God speaks at the church. I, it's pitiful to go to church and not hear from God. Can somebody say amen to that? There's a lot of places they have. Uh, listen, they'll assemble together today and there's a lot that we'll hear from God. But there's a lot. They'll go through the formality. They'll go through the ritual of service. Uh, they'll have some pretty songs and they'll have a fancy sermon. But the only problem is they won't hear from heaven. Amen. The preacher don't have the right Bible. Uh, there's no touch and breath of God on the services. Uh, hey, I just soon sit at the house and look out the window as to be doing, going to church and it be like that. Uh, I want to hear from heaven, don't you? Uh, listen, I want God to work. Uh, I want the touch of God to be in the service. Uh, I want Him to walk up and down the aisles of the church uh, and knock on the hearts of His people and there be a drawing power, don't you? Uh, I want God's breath uh, to permeate the atmosphere of the church uh, and that when we leave, we can say we know that we've sat in His presence. Uh, we know that we've heard from heaven. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the pastor. Hey, it's about him this morning. It's about knowing that there's an all-seeing eye and there's an all-listening ear and there's a voice and that same voice that speaks in the church. He wants to have preeminence in our home. He wants to speak in our home. Hallelujah. Well, I thank God for church, don't you? But as good as church is on Sunday, you've got to have something else on Monday. Amen? As good as it may be on Wednesday night, it'll not get you through the end of the week. You've got to open that King James Bible and let God's voice speak to your heart every day of your life. Amen? You say, preacher, why does God deserve rightful place in my home? Because He's the God who speaks. I remind us this morning, it's a miracle and I want to say this morning, it's unbelievable that God would even speak to your eye. Do you know this morning, and let me just throw this in, I heard the president's going to be in Rome this afternoon, and thank God for that, but if you lay out a church and go listen to the president, God help your soul. Amen. I pray you wake up with three warts on your head in the morning. Lord, I hope I don't get them now. <laughs> If you put, listen, thank God for Trump and thank God for what he's doing, but if you lay out a church and go to, I don't care what you do to justify it, if you put that before Jesus Christ, God help your sorry self. Somebody say amen right there. You just stay here in church on Sunday night and pray and, and be in church, amen, and God will bless you for that, amen. Let, let everybody else go. Let the sinners and the liberals go, but let's have church tonight. Somebody say amen right there and pray that he wins, but that's a whole other sermon for another day. I'm just simply saying this, Pray that God speaks. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, listen, when we go to church, the fact that God would even take time out of eternity and send a message our way, the fact that God cares enough to pass by our home every morning and every evening as we open this book, the fact that God cares that much, that He wants to invest in your life, He wants to invade your life, He wants to control your life. Why? He's the God who speaks. And can I tell you, I need Him to speak. I need His counsel. Amen. I need his comfort. I need his care. I need him to talk to me on Monday. I need him to talk to me on Tuesday. I need him to speak to me. I'm glad he is a God that speaks this morning. Yeah. When you think about that, 
I got up the other morning and I thought to myself, surely, God, you're not speaking to me five o'clock Monday morning about next Sunday. And God said, I sure am. Took a piece of paper and a pen out and as fast as I could put it down, it didn't always happen that way. Sometimes you just, sometimes you pray, beg, plead, and wonder. And even then you wonder if you got the right sermon. But I'll tell you, five o'clock Monday morning, the Holy Ghost said, here, write this down. Here's Sunday morning's message. Here's Sunday night's message. Go back and preach on the home again. I tell you, I'd hate to have to sit around and scratch my head all week and figure out what I was going to say on Sunday. Hey, listen, I'm not looking through, uh, listen, on the internet surfing some outline. Uh, uh, trying to get some thoughts somewhere. Uh, uh, but I'm glad there is a book that's real. There's a book that's alive. Uh, and there's a God who speaks. Amen. Uh, and He will speak to our hearts. Hallelujah. If we'll let Him. I read a book by a man the other day that I had to read much of it before I could even figure out what he was talking about. I almost quit reading it two or three times. I said, it's a waste of time. He's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. Wound up being one of the greatest thoughts I've ever read. He said they had started, the book started off like it was an essay book. And in that essay, he said it was about midnight and he said there was a man by the name of Mr. Copper. Mr. Copper had been on a long journey. He was heading, uh, uh, headed to, out of town and said he was weary from his journey and he was much famished. And he says he topped the hill. He looked down at the bottom of that hill and he said he saw two of those houses. And Mr. Copper said, surely one of those houses has to be my friend, Mr. Silver. I thought, what is he talking about? So Mr. Copper goes. He knocks on Mr. Silver's door. Mr. Silver answers the door. And he says, I need lodging. And he said, I'm famished and I need bread. Mr. Silver let him in, but he was embarrassed because he didn't have any bread to feed Mr. Copper. Mr. Silver said, wait just a moment. It's midnight. He runs out the door. He runs runs next door to his neighbor's house, who is Mr. Gold. I thought this story gets weirder by the minute. He's knocking on Mr. Gold's door. Mr. Gold is in the bed, but Mr. Gold doesn't want to get out of the bed. But Mr. Silver just keeps knocking and keeps knocking until finally Mr. Gold realizes the only way I'm going to get a good night's rest is to go answer the door. So he goes and he answers the door and he sees his friend Mr. Silver standing there. He says, Mr. Copper has come in in an unusual hour. It's midnight, uh, but there's great necessity and there's great urgency that I take care of him. Uh, He can can't take care of himself. Uh, and I know I'm out of bread, but but I know that you have plenty of bread. Mr. Gold says you can have all the bread that you want. Uh, and he loads Mr. Silver down. And Mr. Silver goes and he goes and he feeds Mr. Copper. And Mr. Copper is well satisfied. And I thought, what does this mean? And then the writer said this. He said to his congregation, he said, You are Mr. Copper. He said, I am Mr. Silver. The need is urgent in your life. It's midnight. He said, and I don't have any bread. But he said, I know where to go to to find bread. I can't meet your need, but he said, I can go to Mr. Mr. Gold. Mr. Gold has plenty of bread. If that story sounds familiar, there's a story in the Bible that talks about a friend at midnight 
that had need. Amen. And another friend was able to me. I want to tell you this morning, I don't have the answer. I don't have the, the sermon that would fit a congregation this size. I couldn't minister to one, let alone 200 this morning. But I promise you, uh, I know where there is bread. Amen. Uh, I know where there is one. Uh, he's got whatever one of us needs. Uh, and in the midnight hour of all of our life, uh, if we'll open this book, uh, it's like opening the cabinet to Mr. Gold. Uh, there'll be bread and enough uh, to spare when you and I are done. Uh, I thank God for this blessed old book. Uh, I thank God for my King James Bible. Don't you? Uh, I'm glad. Thank God that when I'm hungry, it'll feed my soul. Uh, he's a God that'll speak to you this morning. Amen. He'll talk to you. That's why he demands a rightful place in our home. Secondly, not only because he's the God who speaks, but he's the God who stands. Look what he said in verse number two. I am the Lord thy God. When I think about that statement, God is standing in this verse, but he notice he's standing alone. He said, I am. He's the great I am this morning. God is. He said, what does that mean? I am. That means that the great I am is the great is. He is everything. He is everything in the past. Uh, he is everything in the present. And God will be everything in the future. That means that God stands alone. He needs no one to prop him up. He needs no one to defend him. He needs no one to rescue him. No one has to run to his refuge. Uh, no one ever has to come to his aid. Uh, he is never helpless. Uh, he is never without wisdom. He is never without an answer because God is the answer. He stands alone for Himself and by Himself. He is enough within Himself. He doesn't have to look to anybody. He, my friend, is everything in essence that He will ever need and that anyone else will ever need. He is the great I Am. He, my friend, He is the great shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He, my friend, is the chief shepherd. My friend, He's the great I Am and eternal Past. I, I would say this morning, uh, uh, God stands alone. Amen. He stands, doesn't he? God's Word will stand. God's Spirit will stand. God's salvation will stand. God's church will stand. God's promises will stand. I'm telling you this morning, God doesn't need anything. He doesn't need everybody. He stepped out on nothing. And He stood on nothing on the morning of creation when there was no morning and when there was no evening. God stood alone and with His voice, He spoke everything into it. Existence. Why? Because God will stand. He spoke man into existence. He stands with authority. Look what he said. He said, I am the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? I want to tell you this morning, the Republican Party is not Lord. Thank God the Democrat Party isn't Lord. Somebody say amen right there. I like to say Democrat when I'm preaching to find out if there is any here this morning. Amen. Thank God this morning that none of them is Lord. Thank God that our president is not Lord. 
Thank God that the kings of this world and the presidents of this world and the armies of this world, they're not Lord. They might think they're Lord, but there is one Lord. There is one God. There is one Creator. Mohammed, as I said last week, he is not Lord. Confucius is not Lord. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, there is one God. There is one Lord. Jehovah is His name. And as I mentioned last Sunday, He has one Son. Amen. And Jesus is His name. And I'm glad this morning that He's a God that stands and He stands with authority. That's why He demands a rightful place in our home. He stands not only with authority, but He stands with affection. Look what He said. I am the Lord, listen, thy God. He told Israel, the fewest of all people, I'm your God. I'm not just the Lord, but He said, I'm thy God. I wonder how many of us this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder how many of us this morning in our hearts, we know that this Lord, that this God is our God. David said, the Lord is my shepherd this morning. I'm glad it's personal. Isn't that right? And when you think about it, he demands a rightful place because God has claimed us. This morning, the fact that a holy God would claim somebody as lowly as you and I ought to be enough to make us want to claim him. Amen. I claim Him over anyone else, don't you? I claim Him over anything else. I'm glad this morning I don't claim good works. I don't claim water baptism. We don't claim church membership. But we claim Him this morning. Salvation's not in a plan. It's in a person. And we claim this God, the God of heaven, the God of hell, the God of earth, the God of angels, the God of men, the God of the universe. We claim Him this this morning and he stands and because he speaks and because he stands he ought to be first in all our homes this morning why do you want to let why would I want to let the things of this world rule my home when God is the only one that's going to stand in the end I want to say thirdly not only does God deserve a rightful place in our home because he's the God who stands he's the God who speaks, but notice in verse number 2, He's the God who saves. He said in verse number 2, I am the Lord thy God, notice this, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He ought to circle that word house because it's in relation to the home. God said, you're to have no other gods before me because Israel, I brought you out of a house of bondage and I brought you into a house of blessing. Amen. He said, I took you out of Egypt and I brought you into everything. Can I say that's true about us this morning? I'm telling you, listen, the world offered me nothing but bondage. The world has offered you nothing but bondage. But thank God because of grace. Thank God because of mercy. Thank God because of goodness. Thank God because of His salvation. One day He picked us up. He took us out of Egypt and He put us in everything. He took us out of a house of bondage and He made it into a house of blessing. Amen. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are or which side of the track you came from. Had it not been for God, had it not been for grace, had it not been for His blood, where would I be at today? What kind of mess would I be in? Oh, but blessed be His name. He took me out of all of that and He put me into all of this. I say, praise God. He's worthy this morning. Thank God I'm glad I'm not living out there. Amen. 
I'm glad I'm not living like them. I want them to be saved. It's by His grace. It's by His goodness. He has set us free this morning. May we never get used to the goodness of God in our lives. You say, preacher, why all these demands? Why does God deserve this place? Because had it not been for Him, where would you be at today? If you got a good marriage, it's because of Him. You say, oh, me and my wife, we... Well, I better not say that. You ever heard anybody say we never fight? That's not true. They always lie, but they never... I don't believe that. Me and my wife never go to bed mad at each other, do we? We've set up all night a lot, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You think about your home. You think about having a good wife. Man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Amen. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for your husband. You got a husband that works. He's not lazy. You don't lay on the couch and, 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 and just waste air. You ought to thank God for that. You got a husband that goes out every morning and comes home every evening when he's supposed to. You ought to thank God for that. Hey children, you got a good mom and dad that loves God and trying to raise you right and takes you to church and tries to father you and mother you. You ought to thank God for that. And every bit of that is because of him this morning. Where would we be? I listen, our marriages would not make it if it wasn't for God. Our homes could not survive if it wasn't for Him. He didn't just save us from hell. But think about all the things that you can account for that you know God has saved you from since you've been saved. Amen? Think about all the pitfalls, all the snares, all the problems, all the times, all the trouble when you called on Him and said, Dear God, I don't deserve your help, but I sure need your help. And God came to your rescue. He came to your aid. He was your refuge in a time of need. He saved you when you couldn't save yourself. He brought you out. Hallelujah. You see, this morning, if the devil could do anything, this is what it would be. He would love to destroy every one of our homes. He would love to put every one of our children in bondage. He would love to Wife, get that good husband and put him in bondage to sin and make a slave out of him. You know why that's not happened? Because there's an all-seeing eye and there's an unseen hand that stands between us and hell this morning and holds it back and keeps us and saves us. We'll, we'll thank Him in eternity for what He has done. But I think we'll probably spend a whole lot more time thanking Him for what we could not see that He has done. There's a lot of things that, that God has kept us from that it will take eternity to reveal. But He saves us. And it's because of that this morning He deserves to have a rightful place in our home. I want to ask you this morning as we stand... As they get us a song ready.